listening to the Justin Greg Podcast, the first podcast of 2019. I just cannot wait for all of your dad jokes to be done about last year, next year. You know, we just need to move on from this season. And it's my birthday next Friday. And I think that will be the turning point where there will be no more from you. I like how you put the subtle hint in there that, oh, yeah, right, Greg. Remember my birthday. You owe me a gift. Oh, my goodness. I did forget your birthday. Next Friday. If you're new to the podcast, not, not this a is, gift cash. This is Greg talking. Yeah, and this is Justin assaulting your auditory canals. I haven't seen you since last year, man. No, you did. You saw me yesterday. Oh yeah, right. If Can you, you listen, stop? I haven't heard <laughs> people listen to the show since last year. Yeah, we haven't done a show since last year. That's the best you could come up. With. And you can tell because the opening was fumbled. Man, we had a crazy 2018. We're not going to get into that all today. But there is a four-minute-long video that shows some of the highlights, and it was the wildest year of my life. Without a doubt, good and bad. The story ain't over yet. Right, because I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened off screen and off podcast that was hard. But when you watch that video, you're like, how did both those things happen at the same time? How is it so good and so hard at the same time? Yeah. Is that real life? stories. How, how's your crypto doing? I my, my crypto is lost in the ether somewhere. <laughs> I can't even remember the site that I used to try and trade that crypto. I actually went to try and get it back, but I'm sure I'm like, it's just lost now, which is great. Like It's like a pyramid scheme is crypto investing. If you can get in and get your money in, you cannot get it out, especially in Canada. It's hard to do. Uh, we had a, a little bit of a development here, though, in Saskatchewan, up here in the middle of Canada. Sure. Yeah. So brief bit of context. We won't get into it all, but we started a movement for our province of Saskatchewan to adopt this NHL hockey team in Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights, to be our official team. And we've had our premier, which is like our governor, on. We've been down there and in the news. and It's kind of been a big thing. And then the NHL was announcing an outdoor game in the capital city where we live, Regina, Saskatchewan. Yeah, there was polls approving, 80% approval of, yes, they should adopt the Vegas Golden Knights. The, the team themselves said, we would love to be adopted by Saskatchewan. Then the NHL goes and announces the Heritage Classic for next October. October... Oh, this October. We're in 2019 now. Yeah, 2019. Man, what happened to last year? I know. October of this year, the NHL is bringing a game to our new outdoor stadium, and it's going to feature... Not the home team, the Saskatchewan Vegas Golden Knights. Instead, the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. I was I was thoroughly annoyed that they left us out in the cold. I mean, us being like Saskatchewan, not you and I. I don't care about us. You know that. But I thought, you know, what a good story. But then, I, but then I thought about this. You know, there's a lot of money that goes in these games. Sure, absolutely, a lot of money. And the only way that this works is if they sell out mm-hmm. the stadium. They go, okay, we made enough money to give because one of these teams is losing a home game. As yeah, well. absolutely. So they got to pay for the rights for that team. So it's going to be a lot of money. But then I realized, you know, what's going to be awesome. Because I don't actually think we're going to get the Vegas Golden Knights into this game, just with the amount of money available. But here's what I want. I want an annual home game in Saskatchewan. That's what I'm campaigning for. Maybe not the Heritage Classic, but I want one game a year outdoors, an NHL game in that stadium. Because you know what? It just sits there for six months. Well, I guess. I mean, it doesn't get used for a chunk of the year. If you're new, if you don't understand Saskatchewan, it's minus 40 up here all the time. Not all the time. Minus 40 Celsius. It's like minus 100 Fahrenheit. It's bad. It's no, bad. minus 40 Fahrenheit is minus 40 Celsius. They meet there. But this stadium doesn't have a roof, and so it just sits empty mm-hmm. for most of the year, at least half the year. I think I'd rather just have a new arena because even in October when the game is going to be, it will still be cold. Like in the evening, it will be freezing or below. If you watch a video we dropped yesterday of when we were in New York, New York, at the arena, actually not bad. you were in like six jackets and freezing the whole time 
inside. I was coming down with the flu. You say that. I mean, there was some text in the video that said that. And I puked the next morning, so. Yeah, you puke every morning. No, I don't. I puke a lot, but just not every morning. You were a bit of a train wreck. Anyway, you'd be too cold in an outdoor game, but a home game here for sure. How cool would that be, though? Because you can actually see it happening. Oh, Vegas is playing in Regina. Why are they playing in Regina this year? Well, let me tell you why. Or Saskatoon. Yeah, exactly. They could alternate between the cities. But this is why we need our premier, Scott Moe, again, who's like our governor. We've He's worn the jersey. He's been on our show. We need some official recognition because I think the NHL goes, well, we've heard about this. We understand the Golden Knights want Saskatchewan, but Saskatchewan hasn't publicly come out and said, we adopt the Vegas Golden Knights. They are the home team. And that's what we need next. And that is what's going to happen so stay tuned to that we're looking forward to going down to vegas with the premier hopefully in february in what february 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 i know it's pronounced technically february or whatever that is yeah there's an r in there february i'm deleting the r february february i think i would say february how do I say February? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do it when you're not thinking. February. February. I know it's supposed to be February, but February. Yeah, it's February in my world. Listen, I'm a lazy pronouncer, so get used to it. There's two common pronunciations, February or February, and you are neither of them. I make my own path in life, man. Apparently. So the biggest movie, show, TV, whatever, the biggest thing mm-hmm. ever to happen to Netflix happened over Christmas. And I would have thought it was making a murderer one and two. Hashtag free Stephen Avery. But no, it was Sandra Bullock and the Bird Box. Bird Box, which my wife forced me to watch. I guess she can't make me do anything I don't want to do. Yeah, so don't ruin the story for anyone because I haven't seen it yet. I I don't like horror movies. I heard it was a sensory horror movie, which to me is more like a thriller. The funny thing is they said sensory horror. I read that after I watched the movie. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm the guy who, you know, jump scares in Jurassic Park, you know, so like thrillers. Did you see A Quiet Place? Because that was a sensory yeah, as well. I saw A Quiet Place too. Okay. Uh, Quiet Place no, was interesting. One. When you have, I think both these movies, when you have kids, they take on a whole new meaning because there's horrible travesties and disasters in the world that have happened and you're trying to keep your little human safe. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, and I've got a little human who's sick at home right now. But yeah, that would be scary. It was, I think, a very well done movie. They paid a lot of money for that movie and they're paying more and more big dollars for big movies. Martin Scorsese's got a new one coming out, which is the most expensive movie Netflix has ever made. Wow. Uh, coming out, I think it's, it's this year sometime. I read the number. I don't remember. It was like 50 to 75 million uh, views. It's apparently 47 has. million 47 in million. the first seven days, which is interesting for Netflix to release because they don't release data. No, they, ever. they rarely ever. They're just saying, hey, this is because did they show that one in theaters? They did. Yeah. So like they're they're trying to take a run at whatever the big awards are, which I don't I don't remember. The Golden Globes, Oscars. The Academy Awards. The Golden Globes are the fun ones. The Academy Awards are the stuffy ones that no one wants to Okay, But what's the difference between Academy Award and an Oscar? Oscars and Academy Awards are the same thing. Yeah. Why do they have different names? It's a nickname. What do you mean it's a nickname? Why? Is the guy's name Oscar? No, I can't the remember. character? There's like a weird story about why they named it Oscar. I think it was someone else or it's obscure. This but. is a random side note. Did you see that people were, it was like Sesame Street was finally going to tackle the topic of homelessness or have a homeless person on, on the, the show? show? I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. And then everybody was like, Oscar the Grouch has been on the show for like <laughs> forever. Uh, Oscar the Grouch lives in a trash, trash can. can. Yeah. So maybe that's a home though. Oh, I love trash. 
a trash can for some maybe is a home. Like, home is where the heart is? <laughs> Come on, Sesame Street. Anyway, coming back to Bird Box. Now, so I don't know anything about the movie. I know, I know that Sandra Bullock... Everybody's blindfolded. Okay, because you don't want to see something. You see whatever the thing is that you see, you basically go insane uh, or you kill yourself. Okay, so it's... I, I can't imagine what that is. It's probably some weird meme that just like, I can't take it anymore. But they do a good job in the movie of, of making you feel a little bit like you're blindfolded and they're trying to figure out how to navigate the world. And you think about that and you go, that would be crazy to actually... I mean, obviously people navigate without sight. For suddenly for a whole world, for that to be a reality would be crazy. And it's something I think we all take for granted is being able to see. Absolutely. And so I think the movie is effective, but you know the internet. When we find something like this, we go, how can we how can we take this and twist it and have fun with it or whatever? So now the bird box challenge is a thing where they're challenged to go around blind, <laughs> blindfold yourself. Yep. For our, like, there's people on YouTube doing 24 hours. There's people trying to get you know to the store blindfolded. I saw a video of a dad with two kids. He's yeah. blindfolded trying to get out of the house. There's a baby that can barely walk yeah. who runs straight into a and, wall. And I feel like that's where I draw. At first I was like, well, you know, I think it's actually neat for people to try and blindfold themselves and in some ways understand the world of people who are visually impaired, you know, and if the movie drives them to do that, cool. But when I saw the picture, yeah, of the dad or, or parents with their kids blindfolded, I'm like, these kids didn't ask for this. They're not like, I don't know if they're... I mean, maybe it gives them some good context, but I feel like maybe in a slightly safer environment, because I think if you had a visually impaired child, you would teach them properly or get them some professional help to learn how to navigate the world, not just blindfold them and say, all right, we're going to try to get out of the house and smack them into the wall. But there is some good coming out of this because that kid is going to appreciate his eyesight. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Or he could lose his eyesight. If he gets poked into something. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But Netflix USA tweeted out this, quote, can't believe I have to say this, but please do not hurt yourselves with this bird box challenge. We don't know how this started I and mean, we appreciate the love, but boy and girl have just one wish for 2019 and it is that you do not end up in the hospital due to the memes. Is this this is a gold mine for Netflix? Because if I didn't hear about the Bird Box movie, and I'm like, there's a challenge about this movie? Yeah, exactly. What's How it about? Is this? Like in some ways it's it's maybe they started it. We don't know that. Ooh. That would be smart. I am too smart. SMRT. Yeah. If they yeah, seeded out the bird box challenge, got some people to do it, could take the higher road, but just generating a ton of buzz for it. I love that, but we know that that's not actually the case. Well, anyway, stay safe. But but speaking of unwanted publicity making something really big, did you hear about Hassan Minaj has a show? The It's, a, it's an amazing show on Netflix. Patriot Act. The Patriot Act. It's kind of like last week tonight with uh, John, whatever his name is, John Oliver. Mm. And it, it just tackles a topic for a whole show. And it's fun and interesting. It's quite diverse, too. So he did a show on Saudi Arabia. Um, and he himself is is a Muslim living in America. And I mean, Saudi Arabia's home of Mecca, I believe. Kind of the birthplace of Someone was Islam reading Wikipedia today. Doing a little bit of reading. But he had a thing where he's very critical of the crown prince of Saudi and the whole regime in Saudi Arabia in general. Because really? What can he, he be critical about you know the whole killing of the the journalist and Go I mean, on. <laughs> anyway there's been uh, many many things that he could take issue with but you know what happened yeah he did and then netflix took it down yeah saudi arabia put a request into netflix citing one of their local laws as the reason that they needed to take down that episode and they capitulated which is crazy in today's world to think about this because if you're a global brand 
within a global organization like Netflix, mm-hmm. you have to deal with a lot Absolutely. of international law. You put it out and the Irish are unhappy about this because of this law and this law and this law. Because the internet is like this weird place, but dude, there's still laws. And guess what Hassamanash said? He said, and I quote... Clearly, the best way to stop people from watching something is to ban it, make it trend online, and then leave it up on YouTube. Yeah, because he has, they have a clip of the show or the full show on YouTube. And maybe Saudi Arabia went to YouTube and said, take this clip down. And you know what I bet YouTube said? Not the same thing Netflix said. Well, YouTube is hard to get a hold of. Everyone yeah. knows that. There's so no like, phone number to call. They don't yeah. know who to contact. Who do I, who, who's <laughs> reviewing this? Like, take it down. But I mean, that's that's the world we live in. Like we yeah. live in a world where we talked about on one of the episodes where China it, by 2020 or 2024 is going to have its entire civilization monitored and have a social currency in place and, and all that. Like it's a Black Mirror episode come true. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to somehow self-seed out something super controversial about our show, try and get people upset about it, get it banned, get a challenge to come out of it, something. So if you have any ideas, you know, let us know. That's brilliant because it works every single day. There's an outrage on the internet from three Twitter trolls and the media picks it up and goes, hey, we have a story that's not true. I mean, as a whole, most people don't uh, subscribe to that. And then, you know, it's all over the news. And then people get wound up. And then huffing and post usually is like, ah, ha, ha, ad revenue. That is the media today. I feel like neither of us is the type of people who could intentionally say something really offensive just to get attention. No, we would do it by accident for sure. Yeah, it would never be mean spirited. Or now I just like, part of me is like, just say something really offensive. And I'm like, I can't. It has to be like, not just straight offensive, but really ignorant. Really, yeah. really ignorant. And speaking of ignorant comments, this made me laugh, and this is right with the outrage culture. Did you hear the story about the queen giving her speech in front of a lavish gold piano? Why, yes, I did, Greg, because I read the article you sent me. Oh, because we're doing a show on the internet. Uh. This is the podcast. People were mad that the queen was in front of a gold piano because they thought it was tone deaf. Well, she's in this like crazy, I don't know how many rooms Buckingham Palace has, but she's talking about, you know, the people and, and the issues people are facing and what she's proud of and not proud of. And there's some people, I think, who fundamentally have an issue with, as they say, a publicly funded billionaire, old style monarchy thing. And I understand that. If you have a problem with the queen and the monarchy, that's fine. I mean, you can do that. But to tell me that you're mad at the queen being the queen, the queen shouldn't be in a palace. How dare she? Well, she's the queen. Yeah. That's where she is. I guess that's fair. But I mean, still, if people are are suffering and can't get enough to eat, we feel like that was maybe acceptable in the 1400s when you have peasants everywhere starving, but the king or queen live in a palace. But that feels a little bit out of touch for the 21st century. The queen in front of a gold piano? Yeah. First off, it wasn't her gold piano. It was donated to Buckingham Palace in like the I- 1800s. Okay, donated. Well, I mean, that's how it works. They got some favors out of it. I just want her to film austerity in, you know, some room that is... Yeah, I want her to lie to the people about her wealth. Just pretend it doesn't exist. Wear sweatpants, queen, because that's what we want to see from you. We don't want to know that you're rich and wealthy. Like, that's... She's the queen of England, man. That's what she does. She's the queen. Yeah. Isn't that funny to say? The queen of England. If you don't... If you have a problem with that, don't watch it. If you don't like the queen, don't support anything with the monarchy does. Isn't it funny? Because I was reading this thing, all these people are already like who cares like people i think 
in many places are just looking for something to complain about in their life. And for me, I actually had to force myself over Christmas time, because it was a tough year, to write down things that I was thankful for. And it was a really good exercise because we can just get caught up in the cycle of always complaining about what we don't have and not realizing that somebody always is worse off than us. How insane is that? In today's world, there's these journals, these five-minute journals or whatever, that require you to take time to be thankful for something. That we are so consumed with things that we're not thankful for. I want this. I'm mad at that person for doing this. I wish, I wish, I wish. Ah, jealous, jealous, jealous. That we don't take any time in our day. If you audit yourself right now, Mm -hmm. when's the last time that you took a moment to go, wow, look at all this stuff I I have. I love that. Yeah. I'm thankful. I'm happy. The other thing too is I'm not Typically, a grass is greener on the other side, maybe with some people. But if right now you gave me the opportunity to switch lives with uh, Prince Harry or Prince William, regardless of who they're married to, just like, do you want their life? I would say no. That is an impact, though, who they're married to. I mean, even if I got to pick new or bring my wife along, do I want their life? I don't because I don't think I want that level of public scrutiny or the engagements and the things that they have to go and do. No, you would be bad at it. It just sounds like public service. Essentially, I mean, that's kind of what it is. And we forget that, right? Like they have given up a ton of of freedom. You can't even shave a mustache. That's what I don't want. I I don't want to give up my freedom that I have now to do stuff like this because, you know, they aren't allowed to make a podcast. Just go on the internet and say whatever they want. Yeah, you couldn't be like, hey, this mustache and these sideburns look terrible together. I'm going to wear these out to go grocery shopping because you can't. Let's start a vlog of what it's like to be the Prince of England. You can't do that. I thought you were going to say the Prince of Egypt. And I was like, Prince of Egypt. I'm trying to remember a single song from that. Um, One of my favorite stories just came out all the way down in Nashville. Nate. That's not how they say it. How is it? Now you've offended everybody. Somebody's going to start a movement to boycott us because the way you said Nashville. Listen, if they accept Nashville but the same way I said February, February, we're okay. <laughs> like, I'm not too, too worried about it. This is actually from your friend Dave Altizer. He lives in Nashville. There's a, a coffee shop down in Nashville that had really good branding, had a cool website. And, and we have both have agency backgrounds. So we know yeah. how this works, right? You give me a certain amount By of money. By agency, we mean advertising agencies because there's many different kinds of agencies. Oh, right. Okay, so ad agency background. Like Central Intelligence Agency. We have have ad backgrounds and so, you know, you want a new brand. I'm going to make you a logo. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you a brand. I'm going to make you a website. I'm going to do all these things for you for a set amount of money. Yep. Well, what you also know is lots of times the money never comes in or it's delayed for, I think we worked on a website for what, three years. Oh. It was three years that the website could not get finished. It was basically 99% done, but they couldn't launch for three years, which meant we didn't get paid for three years right. on the website. And that's our own fault. Anyway, in Nashville, this branding agency decided to do something a bit different. So this coffee shop called Steadfast Coffee had been up and running for about two and a half years. And they had a bill and they owed this ad agency or this this branding agency a couple thousand dollars. Okay, well, they, they said high four figures. So it could be up to $9,999. And they never paid the bill. They just kept on going on being like, no, we don't need to pay you. We don't need to pay you. Well, a lot of people don't realize now is that these websites, I mean, if we build websites for people yeah. or we have in the past, when we've done that, we actually control the website. Yeah, absolutely. Usually the company does. And the, the business owners don't always know the ins and the outs or, you know, if they did, what they would have done is went and kicked the agency out from having admin access over the website, but they didn't. So then what this freelance company did was they went and posted a little notice on the website basically saying, hey, we're the company. We created this website. We haven't been paid for two and a half years, high four figures. You know, Meanwhile, this business has been running off the back of the work that we've done. All we're basically asking is that we would finally get paid. And here's an email at steadfastdebt 
at gmail.com for media inquiries. What I like about this, I think I like this, I haven't really thought this through, is the company never says who they are or anything about them. They remain completely anonymous. That's maybe smart business because then all these other companies are being like, you're going to screw me over if I don't pay a bill or this or that. But basically, they just kind of kept it anonymous and said, hey, we own the website. We need to get paid. Email us here, which... Sounds like it worked. It did work. They got their money, finally. And how how brutal is that as a business owner Mm -hmm. to not pay the people that put you in the place that you are? Now, I can understand him forgetting or her forgetting or whoever it was for two and a half years for a little while, right? You right. get busy, you get caught up in things and you're, you're more worried about, are all my machines working? Do I have my beans ordered? What's the customer experience like? But two and a half years is a long... I remember this story. My wife, she had a new license plate in the back of her car that she didn't put on her car. Like she had her old one on, but her new one was there. It was all paid for everything like that, but she didn't do it. So we got pulled over by the cops in Moose Jaw, and the cop was like, hey, your license plate's expired. And she's like, well, the new one's right here. I just haven't put it on yet. And he said, it has been six months since that expired, and you haven't put it on yet? You're getting a ticket. She's like, well, why? He's like, six? He started yelling. He's like, six months? You had six months to do this, and you haven't done it. I'm giving you a ticket. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of right. You know, it's, it, it's maybe a little bit fair. I think it one of the challenges of being a small business, though, is cash flow and figuring things out. And I imagine this business went, we don't have the money to pay you or I want to use this money somewhere else, which is not okay because you hired them to do the work you need to pay them. I'm sure it was a moment where it's like, I don't have the money for that until that happened. You're like, my business will go out of business if I don't pay this. And they found the money. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Lines of credit. Maybe they had to lay off six staff to do that. Anyone who has a website built from someone else on Squarespace, now all is going to be popping up all over. To be like, hey, you owe me money, you owe me money, or hey, here I hacked That's it. That's kind of smart. What if, what if they were taking advantage of them? Maybe they didn't know the money. Maybe it was extortion. You well, don't know. I think it probably would have came out in the media. You don't know. Go ask the GoFundMe for the homeless guy. Takes a while sometimes. Dun dun dun. Speaking of GoFundMe's, there's another one, another good one that just happened in the NFL. So the NFL, if you play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You make a league minimum of, think of like $500,000. $495,000. U.S. So that's like a million dollars Canadian. Maybe yeah. $2 million Canadian. So you make you make some pretty good money. They cover your expenses. They cover a lot of stuff throughout the year. And there's the Pro Bowl that happens in Hawaii. That's for All-Star. Yeah. So the Pro Bowl is the All-Star game, which I don't really understand how that works. Right? Uh, like you're not in the playoffs, obviously. But do you want to go play? Like football's physical. How do you fake tackling someone? No, because normally every other all-star game is kind of everybody plays at like 70%. They have fun. Nobody hits each other. It's very safe. Yeah, in the NBA, it's it's like, I'm going in for a dunk. Get out of the way. Like, okay, cool. Make it a splashy one. NHL, there's no body checking until maybe the last two minutes where they start to get competitive about winning and they they push it on. You know, like, but it's very tame. I don't know how they do it with football. No, it's just like, I can't tackle you physically without putting you on the ground gently. And that either looks really weird and uncomfortable or I'm going to hurt someone. Anyway, this guy got hurt. Well, he's a rookie, right? He's a rookie back. He's, he's a rookie. He's had a phenomenal season, making the league minimum, and he gets voted an all-star to the game, but then he got hurt, so he's not able to play in the game. And then what happens is when you aren't playing in the game, the league, you're welcome to come to the game, but the league won't pay your expenses to travel there because you're not playing in the game. Basically, you get paid $70,000 if you win, $35,000 if you lose, but he's not playing in the game, so he's not getting that money anyway. Right. And so fans are not happy about this. And I don't think this guy said really anything other than he can't go and the league's not going to pay it. So fans are saying, this is an injustice. This man who makes, once again, 495000 American dollars a year 
we're going to pay his way to Hawaii because this is egregious that the NFL will not pay his way even though he's injured and cannot play. It's such a bizarre thing when you think about the context of it it seems like he makes almost no money in comparison to all the other players in the NFL. You yeah, know, like, I guess. On the other hand, if you heard of a CEO who made $495,000 a year that couldn't afford to fly himself to Hawaii for a couple of days, you would have zero sympathy for that person. I would I would have less than zero if I could. I would have negative sympathy for that person. I, I don't understand how we're so emotional about athletes. We're like, guys, this guy makes way more money than all you guys do. I understand he wants to go. I guarantee you, He can find a way to afford a plane ticket to Hawaii and to put himself up in a Best Western so that he can enjoy the experience of being celebrated as one of the best athletes in the NFL. And I think that's part of the problem is I think if he's not going to go because if he was getting paid to go, he would get to fly first class. He would stay in fancy hotels. His parties would be taken care of. Like He would get to live the lifestyle of being an all-star player. But if he was going to do it himself, doing that might cost him 50 or 60 or $70,000. And he can't... He's not willing to pay that for the experience. I do not see a problem here. Then don't go. He also lives at home with his mom still, which is interesting. Now, I do know that with many, many of these guys, their expectations from their family to pay for stuff can be massive. It can be huge. Yeah. The, and he's a 30 for 30 about that. Yeah. $495,000 in the context of a big family and beginning to try and save for your future, not knowing if you're going to even make it past the first year. You could get cut. You could get injured. You may never come back. It may actually be the right financial decision for him to go, what if I never play again? Because you don't know if you're ever going to play again. Sure. And I got $495,000 this year. I'm going to put away every single penny I have to maybe launch a business or go back to school or, or do all sorts of things that maybe that makes sense. I feel like we're in an episode of Ballers right now. You ever watched that show? I haven't. I know you crushed. I crushed a lot over the, <laughs> over the break. Here's a, here's a question, though. A lot of people were talking about, who cares what the fans do? This guy's not asking for the money. Right. He didn't say, like, I'm not going to go because I can't afford it, and you guys should sympathize, sympathize with me. Yeah. He just said, I'm not going to go because it's expensive, and yeah. I don't get paid. And the fans are saying, this is egregious. We want to do this. So, yeah, good it, for them, I guess. Like, who cares what the fans yeah. do? But the funny thing is, they were trying to raise... which I think for him, they're like, hey, we got $5,000. You can go now. And he's like, I mean, maybe that would buy a first class ticket from where he is, but it's still probably not enough money for him to do it the way he wants. But I'm surprised a teammate wouldn't be like, yo, I got paid $18 million this year. Here's 50K. Go enjoy it. It's close. Yeah, they're at $4,805 for the $5,000. This is the weird stuff about about GoFundMes, right? Because my understanding is that if you don't get your goal... right. Then everybody gets their money back. Yeah, but there's a, there's a campaign right now for like ladders for the wall in the states. So they've raised fifteen million dollars. They've raised fifteen million dollars for the for the wall. There's a billion dollar goal to help build the wall, fifteen million. But I think the ladders ones raised like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for ladders to help people get over the wall. They want to raise a hundred million dollars. I just checked. For ladders? That's a lot of ladders. $100 million? It's bizarre. Like, are we just doing this for fun? People are actually donating real money to this. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. $15 million towards the wall on GoFundMe, and then $150,000 for the anti-GoFundMe that is ladders? Like, what is going on? America, you are a funny, funny place, and I will, uh, I'll be your best friend. Here's the thing. I would donate to it as a joke. But I know a lot of this money, not a joke. No, a lot of it's serious. Like, like the jokes are 
what is it, uh, the Cards Against Humanity every year? Yeah. Hey, help us dig a money pit, a literal yeah. money pit where we're gonna just going to dig a hole, spend your money on digging a hole, and then leave. They did a GoFundMe for something to do with the wall. I can't remember if it was tunneling under it, or they bought a piece of land so they couldn't put the wall. I don't remember. They did, they did something with that. But everything is bizarre. And it makes me so happy. Okay, last story of the day is uh, one from you, the Falcons punter. If you guys, uh, there's a lot of sports stories today. I know, but this one, this this is better than a sports story because it reminds me of recently we went to New York and before we left, you got what four S's on your ticket? Yeah, four S's on my security ticket on the way there. I think it was. Yeah, where. It, that's like the ultimate security check. Yeah, it's like four layers of security checks where you basically got stripped down naked every single time in every airport going through everything. I mean, not quite that intense, but pretty close. Figuratively, figuratively speaking. The worst know. part was like I just went through security, did all that, and then I had to do it again, and mm-hmm. then again. And I'm like, guys, I'm the safest guy in the world right now. You did it like 16 times. What more do you want? Now, they would say it's random, but we all know Greg travels everywhere with his tennis band and... You know, it's very obvious that they just see him and they go, oh, random security check. This feels a little bit the same because uh, the Falcons punter, and if you don't know, punters are usually not the largest, most aggressive, strongest guys in the world, but the opposing team was coming down the field and he basically picked this guy up and just body slammed him to the ground in one of the biggest hits of the year. Now, I think momentum and gravity, it, it worked out well. It looked maybe more impressive than it was, but it looked like he basically just took this massive running back and just threw him to the ground. It was awesome because we all assume if you're a punter or a yeah. kicker in any sort of football team, you're you're like you and I. You're, yeah. you're not that impactful yeah. in the strength category. So he destroys them and then what do you know? The next morning he gets a random drug test. There's just <laughs> no way it's random. We know it's not random. You're you're looking at me because I have a tennis band and I'm making you uncomfortable, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. This guy gives a power bomb to someone and you go, oh, okay. This this is something that needs to happen. Yeah. We know it's not random. It's not random. Quit saying it's random. And it's fine. It's just uh, the way they hide behind it. But anyway, keep power bombing people, Jags Nation. We'll see you next time. Well, before we go, I want to know what your New Year's resolution is. Because it's 2019 now. Everything's different. What's right. one thing that you need to change or do or accomplish in 2019? You go, you know what? I'm going to do this. I don't do New Year's resolutions. You don't? No. You don't never. You don't change, or you just change yeah. I own. change, but I just change when I want to change. Mm. Not New Year's resolution because we all know how they go. Right now, my my wife has been asking to get a gym membership for probably six months, and I'm close to agreeing to do it with her because of some other things we're we're trying to do and work on, and I want to get in shape for. But she was like, "Let's get a gym membership to fund." I'm like, "We're not getting a gym membership in January." Because we all know how that goes. Now, maybe by mid-January, I'd be open to getting one. But all the New Year's resolution people, the parking lot looks like a Costco parking lot. Right. They paved Paradise and put up a parking lot. For the gyms in January. But then nobody will go beyond that. New Year's resolutions, I don't think work. Maybe they do for some people, but not long term. Wow. Anyway, what's your New Year's resolution, Greg, that you're going to miserably fail at? My New Year's resolution is going to be... I'm going to tell more dad jokes. That's what I would think the world needs. Is that even possible? It's possible. So... You mean get used to it? And you guys can hold me accountable as you listen to this podcast. Tell your friends about this. Subscribe. We'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, You mean the world to us. Is that too much? Yeah.